0: Do you know what time it is? It's time for the Workforce Show, where you will learn the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM.
1: and welcome to Cracking the AI Code podcast, where we deconstruct world-class AI experts and learn how to get into data science and machine learning to address the future of the workforce. Not a day passes without hearing about another artificial intelligence application. The Google, Alibaba, Amazon, and everyone else are introducing newer AI technologies on a day-to-day basis. This podcast is focused on separating the hype of AI from reality to better prepare ourselves for the jobs of tomorrow. Today we have with us Amy Hardler, who's an analytics and AI program manager with Neo4j. Hi
2: Swati, Uh, nice to, uh,
1: to be here. I enjoy the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Welcome Amy. Uh, Wonderful, thank you for taking time to join us at such a short notice. So I want to start off uh, knowing a little bit more about your, what I call, the origin story. Where did you do your schooling, your background, and how did you get into the world of technology?
2: Yeah, so so kind of an unusual uh, route, perhaps. Uh, so I actually didn't start in technology. I've always had a love for, uh, for science and mathematics, but I actually wanted to deal with conflict resolution from a political standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, as so many people getting out of school needed to find work mm-hmm. and kind of fell into technology and realized that, uh, that I had some capabilities there and that it was just fascinating to, um, to explore that area. Uh, What brought me a little bit closer to uh, analytics and then eventually to the machine learning and the AI area Mm -hmm. was actually a couple books that I read many years ago on uh, information theory and complexity studies. So as your audience may know, uh, complexity studies are related to studying complex networks, Mm -hmm. network science, and then of course uh, my love right now is uh, graph analytics and the study of uh, networks using graph theory and graph mathematics. Um, and then that, of course, helps us um, add context to artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so that brought me to that area of, uh, of technology.
1: Wonderful. So um, talk to me a little bit about what was your degree and actually, because sometimes People wonder whether they should actually have studied STEM or have gotten an engineering degree, but often I find that's not the case. So talk to me a little bit about what was your actual degree in, and how did you navigate into the world of technology?
0: Yeah,
2: so my degree was actually International Studies. So Mm -hmm. I have a, a BA, not a BS. And I always had a uh, propensity and a capability in those areas mm-hmm. and interest. But I really wanted to see the world more holistically. Mm-hmm. And it kind of drove me into that more um, environmental look of uh, society and politics. And uh, as I mentioned, the conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. So uh, so definitely, it doesn't preclude you from doing that. Um, that was quite a several years ago, Mm -hmm. Um, so things may have shifted a bit, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think having a visibility into a different uh, discipline is something that really brings a lot to your work because, Mm -hmm. you know, studying statistics in isolation of what you're studying um, can often be a a problem in uh, machine learning and AI, Mm -hmm. Um, so being able to bring that kind of viewpoint, I think, is is important in the work, so it just can make it richer.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. I think you bring... Uh, those, what we call the creative and the soft skills, so much more to the table. And that is more crucial in the world of AI compared to traditional computing. I would completely agree with that, mm-hmm. especially if you think about AI. Um,
2: you know, we're, we're talking about uh, trying to make decisions in a way similar. That, that appear similar to what humans do and mm-hmm. using a probabilistic model. Mm-hmm. And so it's never really clear cut. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think having more of a uh, social discipline and a more, if you want to call it soft or or creative look at things, is important. I talked to a data scientist the other day that that says it's it's an art, not really a science. And so I think having those other viewpoints is, um, as you said, very critical.
1: Right, right. And talk to me a little bit about what are some of the challenges you faced when you initially steered your career into data science, I think. Early on, you caught on to the interesting field of data science. So what are some of the challenges you've seen in the last couple of years as you maneuvered your career? Yeah, I think um,
2: it's such a big field, and there's so many different uh, avenues and, and sub-disciplines you can look at. Mm-hmm. Um, that Especially if you don't come from that hard scientist background, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of proving that you need to do that you can add value. Mm -hmm. And so I I think one of the things that you can do early on is to – well, there are two things that I always recommend people do is, one, follow their own curiosity because Mm – That will lead you to to areas you may not have envisioned previously. Um, It's also more of a a passion when you do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But also following your curiosity so you can become an expert in one particular area, build your credibility, and then move from there.
1: No, that's great advice. Too often we get carried away by the breadth of any field. And sometimes I think it's good to take Uh, a look and go in depth in a particular niche area which you're talking about.
2: Uh, Absolutely, and that's a way that you can add value um, Mm -hmm. to an organization uh, much quicker than trying to become an expert in everything
1: yeah. right right so talk to me a little bit about what are the different um, career options a data scientist has today i notice you have analytics and ai program manager as your title but i'm sure in your organization and others there are a lot of opportunities for everyone whether they're from stem or non-stem background Absolutely, and
2: and that's kind of an interesting area. I think you can almost combine if you think about data science, mm-hmm. um, and and decisions based on data that goes that goes from the board level, you know, down to uh, you know marketing and engineering and uh, professional services to help people mm-hmm. uh, install and deal with their you know install software, but also mm-hmm. you know model their own data. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really quite extensive. I would almost say it's it's a matter of Um, combining your interest area with whatever the the data Mm -hmm. um, science or data analytics that you're also interested in so i actually have um product management and product marketing background Mm -hmm. uh and even in you know even when i'm doing my evangelism or Mm -hmm. um, clearly uh, marketing material having an understanding and a depth uh, in the more technical areas just brings um, understanding of your audience you're talking to it brings understanding of what really is capable and not capable Mm -hmm. Um, so even if you, uh, you know, have a desire to go into sales, but you really love data as well, fantastic. That's just going to make you a better um, salesperson in the, the data science field. Um, and then, as I said, you know, you have feet on the ground and engineers that um, that need to, uh, that need help mm-hmm. in you know solving their own solutions. And so doing that from a customer perspective is, is also, um, also an option. So the, I guess um, that's a, a long way of saying the possibilities are, are really quite endless.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point because too often uh, folks either in the sales or marketing um, keep away from core engineering sort of jobs. But I think with AI and data science, it opens up a lot more options. And uh, I noticed you mentioned product management, and my background is uh, in product management as well. And and often, I think, uh, as product managers, we can wear that strategy hat as well as the engineering hat when required. And I think um, that's a great uh, story for the audience. I think if you're thinking of data science and AI jobs, don't restrict yourselves. To think, um, thinking only about traditional roles and responsibilities, but you can expand your horizons whether you're in sales or marketing. Absolutely. So, what are some of the trends in AI that is uh, that you're really excited about these days? Uh, well, there, there's a couple. Of, AI is really quite
2: an interesting area um, because I, I think of that as a goal and not mm-hmm. necessarily as one type of technology. Yeah, um and, w- and one of the things that I think is is really interesting is just the be because it's a new way of learning that is not human native mm-hmm. um there there are going to be um doors that open up that we never perceived of things that we would not have um logically followed in our research or you know exploring solutions mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm excited to see the the overall potential there it's mm-hmm. really quite a treasure trove of um opportunity of looking at things in a truly different way, which is very, it's very hard to get out of your own head. Mm -hmm. And I think AI helps us do that because it is precisely um, not human. Mm -hmm. Um, The other things that I think are are pretty exciting is productivity gains. I know Mm -hmm. that's not super sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the fact is that, you know, the more we can increase productivity of, of the workforce, mm-hmm. um, automating mundane tasks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, making what we do just uh, eliminating multiple steps, you know, things, things of that nature is just going to help the, um, the economy in general g- grow and um, grow worldwide. Um, the other thing that I kind of like is that we may find that there are... Um, uh, de facto assumptions we have mm-hmm. or beliefs that we have that we find out are incorrect, uh, maybe going back and looking at old research, doing validation, things, things of that nature. So those are some of the things that I find really exciting. Um, the other one is an area that I'm involved in, which is the, uh, the graph analytics and the mm-hmm. study of networks and the study of how things are connected. Um, one of the things that a uh, graph is doing to enhance AI is bringing context to AI So if you think about how a child learns, Mm -hmm. uh, you may put your hand on a stove when you're very young. I actually did that Mm -hmm. once. And I only needed to do it once. I didn't have to do it 20 times, mm-hmm. 2,000 times to learn it. So I learned from context that anything that was, you know, of that height, metal, you don't put your hand on it, uh, you know, especially if it's warm. Uh, and so adding context to machine learning and AI for more intelligent decisions, uh, I think, is pretty exciting area because it's an area where we can almost add data, um, add context and information without having to gain without actually having to search for new data. We already have it. We're just not studying the contextual nature of it.
1: Mm -hmm. So tell me some examples about where graph analytics is currently being used. Are there specific industries, some use cases?
2: Yeah, um, there there are uh, some areas that I think are at the forefront. Uh, There's, I would say, academic and commercial uses. In the academic area, um, uh, computational social sciences, so studying social networks, Mm -hmm. um, uh, biological computational um, uh, biology as well, where you're looking at a system or a human as a whole. Um, Those seem very natural. Uh, In those disciplines, they're used to looking at things as a system. Uh, In the non-academic world, I would say social networks is still pretty prevalent. Um, But one area that we see is taking off uh, considerably with graph analytics and graph-enhanced machine learning is financial services, and in particular, financial crimes. Uh, so uh, insurance fraud is an area looking for anomalies, um, as opposed to signature base, looking at finding things that, are, that bubble up from the um, structural nature of the data, which graph is really good at mm-hmm. um, bubbling up structure. Uh, and then things like, um, so other types of uh, financial crimes like um, money laundering and things like that, and trying to prevent um, those types of uh, criminal activities.
0: You're listening to Cracking the AI Code, brought to you by The Workforce Show on WERA 96.7 FM. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and iTunes.
1: That is fascinating. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about what is some of the roles and responsibilities of a program manager. So, if a project manager who's working on maybe non STEM related projects thinks about this role, what are some things that can be exciting to them? Yeah.
2: So, so program manager role is a bit of a catch all, and it's used very differently at different companies. Uh, so that that's one of those um, one of those areas where you you almost make your own role, which I enjoy thoroughly. Uh, but uh, for me in this role, it's a lot of evangelism, a lot of um, content creation to help explain some of the circumstances. Uh, AI can be a little bit of a, um, scary topic for some people mm-hmm. and uh, confusing because there's so many, so much terminology. And I, I think that's an area that as an industry we need to do better with. Um, so there's just a, a lot of content um, creation. There's involvement in, um, you know, the, the product um, evolution, uh, talking to customers, things of that nature as well. Um, there's a lot of writing. In fact, uh, I we were talking um, before the show, mm-hmm. I just actually finished a um, book. It's being published today. It's a uh, co-authoring with my uh, colleague Mark Needham on graph algorithms. Wow, congratulations. Uh, thank you. It's available as of um, April 15th, which actually happens to be the um, birthday of the founder of uh, graph theory as well, um, Euler. So, a very exciting time. Um, so, the, so this kind of a role uh, is very. Um, uh, ambiguous, mm-hmm. and uh, you get to take it in a direction um, that that it just might need. So it's a nice catch-all, and I would say anybody who's kind of interested in not having a strict definition of a role, um, program management is, is definitely an area to look at.
1: Yeah, and I think it opens up the possibilities of, oh, I don't have too much of an engineering background or statistics yes. background that, it, that I can actually code uh, models in machine learning this is something that if they know enough of the architecture of machine learning, they could um, enroll themselves in a program management role.
2: I sometimes explain it to um, younger people that are are thinking about it as uh, you might be a a baseball fan and a huge baseball fan, um, but maybe you're not the best baseball player, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't mean you you can't have a love for the sport, you couldn't go into broadcasting, uh, you couldn't get involved in Major League Baseball some way, mm-hmm. but just perhaps you're not you know, you're not out there pitching. Mm-hmm. And that's it's another way that I think about my role is that you know I might not be a hardcore uh, mathematician, but I love the math and mm-hmm. I'm the biggest fan out there of, of machine learning and graph
1: analytics, mm-hmm. uh, even
2: if I'm not actually um, coding a solution.
1: Yeah. I love that analogy. Yeah. I think everyone has to think of ourselves like that, you know, because not everybody can sometimes participate on the field, But there's so many supporting roles around it um, that we can contribute in a very good manner. So wonderful. um, And congrats again on the book. That's exciting that it is getting released today, April 15th, as we speak. And uh, good luck and hope everybody reads the book. I'll pick a copy soon, too. Absolutely. It's available on Neo4j.com. Awesome. Awesome. So talk to me a little bit, Amy, about some of the challenges you face as part of, um, the fear around AI, right? They can be like folks who don't know the possibilities of using AI can be fearful that it would take away our jobs. And then those who are well-versed with its capabilities are fearful about some of the biases in AI or um, it being a black box even. So talk to me a little bit about those challenges. Yeah, so you bring up
2: a couple different points. I would say in the the fear of the term AI, I, I it's an interesting uh, concept, and uh, I was listening to another really great speaker, uh, Hillary Mason, um, who works for Cloudera, uh, about uh, listening to her talk about the problem of terminology with mm-hmm. AI. And it, I think it goes back to the the concept of intelligence. Um, when we call something intelligent, there's two reactions. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually one is a intimidation, that mm-hmm. it somehow um, is threatening our own intelligence, especially if it can supposedly exceed it. Mm-hmm. And then the other um, feeling is, well, that wasn't that smart. Um, so I I explained um, to to my parents uh, a little bit about the concept of machine learning and mm-hmm. optimization for results and, and things of that nature in um, fairly straightforward terms. And uh, my mother's reaction was, "Oh, is that all it is?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think when we understand something, it, that you lose the magic, and it's not really that intelligent. And when we don't s- understand it, maybe because of terminology, uh, that it's black box, it's scary, and it's somehow threatening. So it's I think there's a there's a strong need to work on how we describe and uh, terminology, and I think that'll evolve in the the next few years. Um, in regards to um, the potential. Um, concerns around AI, I I worry more um, about the levels of abstraction, mm-hmm. and I think that we see that in a couple different ways. You mentioned algorithmic bias. Um, I think there will always be. Uh, bias in the way that an al- algorithm will compute the way you tell it to compute, mm-hmm. uh, and if we're too far abstracted from understanding that, um, the assumption is that uh, it's an assumed level of correctness. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the you know if the machine says it's x, it must be x. And I think um, there's a danger in abstracting from that and assuming that it just must be correct and abdicating our own responsibility and um, kind of say, hey, I didn't do this. This was the you know what the computer tells me to do, mm-hmm. um, so I think that's a that's a danger, and I also think there's um, potential reliance. Um, on suggestions and a slight loss of creativity as well uh, and kind of an intuition and things that, um, as I said, I was excited because AI thinks of things differently than we do, but there's also, there's still value in the way we as humans come up with concepts. And so I think the abstraction and not understanding um, how AI solutions work and just abdicating our responsibility and our own creativity to it is, is a danger because, um, quite frankly, um, humans are normally, we always look for things to do things more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that can be just a, a trend that we, um, we, potential fall, we potentially fall into. Mm-hmm. Um, the other area of concern, uh, thinking about um, bias and um, decision making is visibility. And so, Right, we were yeah. just talking about it outside. Uh, yeah, absolutely. An area that both mm-hmm. of us care a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, so visibility and kind of understanding how decisions are made. And that's an area that um, that my company is watching the research evolve quite a, quite a bit because we think it's going to be critical for
1: AI to be adopted more globally. Great, we can only wait for uh, such a breakthrough because everybody needs the explainability of AI. Um, so what advice would you have for someone um, who is already in the workforce and wants to switch into the field of AI? Uh, how can they go about it? Yeah, so the, it's it's my advice in general,
2: uh, whether they're switching or exploring, um, you know, em- their evolution into that, that career area. Um, I go back to the curiosity thing. I think um, too often we look for a prescribed path, you know, give me the four, four bullets that Mm -hmm. will, will tell me how I'm going to be a success. And I think, I think that if you, if you do that, um, it's much harder to put in the Um, The effort Mm -hmm. that it's going to take, whereas if you follow your curiosity um, or your multiple curiosity, keep pulling on the threads, if you will, um, that will lead you in an area that's a more natural fit for you as well. So I'm not going to tell you what book to read other than the one that we're publishing. Um, But uh, I'm not getting, yeah, yeah. Um, But I think following your own um, curiosity and keeping um, and and not giving up on that and continue going deeper is going to lead you to
1: the path where you need to be. Wonderful. I, I love that slogan. Follow your curiosity and you can go where you want to be in the world of AI. Amy, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you today. Yes, thank you, Swati. Thank you for your time. Okay, until next time, goodbye, everyone.
0: Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.